0: Welcome to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. This podcast tackles the hottest topics for the European accountancy profession. Get your need to know update from Brussels. So, welcome to this episode of Because People Count, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming um, our head of advocacy, Eleni Canelli, for this uh, episode. Before we begin, we should acknowledge that we are recording just as Brussels is opening um, the restaurants, the pubs, for the first time after three months, so we're on a significant day in Brussels here for being able to um, interact more fully uh, in society than we have been in months. Also, we are recording just after um, the protests in Brussels protesting racism in um, our culture here in Belgium uh, and throughout the world and especially in the in the United States. So in this context of uh, a Brussels that's trying to open up but also confront the inequalities in our society, um, we wanted to look at the reopening of uh, Europe in this next phase uh, post-COVID-19. And I'm very happy, as I said before, to be joined by our Head of Advocacy. Uh, Eleni is watching the EU debate throughout um, this entire period to see the direction in which it might go especially also looking into the tensions between uh, economic growth versus a sustainable future, which has always been one of the core values of this administration, is the digital and the sustainability, uh, those two together, which they are trying to make the headlines for their their recovery. And so we're going to look into Europe's response to the crisis and uh, the European Commission's plans for reopening uh, Europe.
1: So, um, Eleni, if I could ask you to please introduce yourselves to uh, the audience. Thank you, Andrea. And let me also uh, reiterate from my side that I'm very happy to have this conversation, a very important conversation, on key developments that continue to change every day. So, as you said, I'm working as head of advocacy in uh, ACAM.C Europe. I have been in Brussels uh, following new developments for more than 10 years and I have to say uh, indeed this is uh, quite unprecedented and uh, I think all of us we feel uh, that we have lost our point of reference and uh, uh, we are in a very difficult position to to predict the next day, but uh, I am keeping an eye on what is happening from the side of the Commission and I I do feel that this is a very important moment that might change our future in terms of uh, EU governance especially and in terms of of, uh, solidarity across the European member states. It's a great point to uh, for us to begin our conversation, is this point of solidarity,
0: um, because in the beginning, I think we saw a little bit of fragmentation among the, the member states. How would you assess um, the EU's first response uh, back in March, uh, February, April yes. times to yes. coronavirus?
1: Indeed, indeed. Uh, and I have to say, it, it's very difficult to separate the personal feelings, especially uh, you know, if you come with an EU background, having studied about the EU, having a passion about uh, about the EU, so I have to say, uh, when I saw the first reactions in March, I was hugely disappointed both by the way the national leaders reacted uh, to the whole situation, so this isolation uh, and unorganised reactions, Uh, the the late reactions as well in in closing the borders and assessing the situation, but also from the side of the Commission I felt that uh, uh, in the beginning there was a late response. Uh, of course, it was quite unfortunate knowing that, that the Commission was very recently elected, so it was very bad timing and it definitely did not give them the opportunity to, to, to have sufficient time to coordinate internally. I think now, looking back, I, I do believe I was wrong. It's, it was a, an extremely challenging moment, a, a historically challenging moment, and professionals Uh, And EU functionaries have to take their time to to digest what has happened, uh, to communicate with leaders uh, of of the EU member states. So now uh, that we do have the internal communication of uh, uh, the commission planning, we do have the proposal to revise the multi-annual financial framework, I feel definitely much more positive. And I think that... uh, President von der Leyen had a lot of courage to come forward with such a proposal. The, the EU budget, if this gets approved on uh, the 18th of June, uh, which is when uh, we will have the next EU summit, will achieve something without a precedent. The Commission has admitted a proposal to, to ask to revise the percentage of uh, own resources and uh, this is going to happen uh, by the Commission raising funds from the markets. Before the COVID crisis, the EU leaders, they were
0: in all-night summits trying to agree on this budget, which was never agreed. So this new proposal coming out and the possibility that it will be passed by heads of state who, you know, three, four months ago could not find agreement.
1: Indeed, indeed. Of course, we still need to wait uh, what will happen on the 18th. There is uh, this uh, group of uh, member states uh, that they are opposing uh, this initiative. My understanding is, or my expectation, if I can put it this way, is that It will get approved with some amendments uh, uh, from uh, this specific group of member states, uh, uh, but uh, it's very difficult now to to step backwards. And I guess the commission as well, before submitting this proposal, they had done their testing with uh, uh, the big member states to to make sure that this is something can can continue. And I agree with you. Uh, I I was positively surprised that uh, uh, because Of course, it's only two, three months that uh, uh, we have been going through the the COVID situation, but uh, they have been extremely radical and changed our everyday life. So I think that's why I I said in in the beginning of our conversation that uh, we're going through historical moments and it's a very big opportunity for humanity to change our future. And you know, I think this is where we see a very important link to sustainability as well. It moves us on
0: really beautifully into, with the recovery that the EU is planning, can we have a more sustainable uh, recovery? And of course, sustainability right now, it means so much more. It can't just be a more environmentally sustainable solution, but it needs to more be a, um, an equitable solution as well. Uh, because a lot of times, even just um, this past little while, we held a, an event about whether um, in the ESG, environmental social governance, whether the E environment was overtaking the S for social. Um, And of course, on the social side, we have gender equality, we have minority inclusion, racial equality, all of those uh, aspects included. And I think that needs to be a very strong pillar um, of sustainability. In the recovery fund, there's a lot um, to be said on going digital and going green. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about the recovery fund as it stands, and then maybe later on we can we can imagine a little bit what this could mean on the social side. But yes. let's start first with what's, what's on the table from the Commission. Yes.
1: yes, indeed. Maybe only to confirm that indeed what is happening now is to prove that sustainability is not only about green. But going back to your question on the recovery fund, it was and it was not a surprise what it was proposed in the recovery fund. It was not a surprise because the Commission had already put on the table its priorities before uh, COVID, in the pre, pre-COVID state of play, if we can put it this way. So digitalization and, and sustainability uh, are um, the growth lines that the Commission wants to uh, put ahead for uh, the future of the European Union. At the same time, it was a surprise because there was so much said, okay, can we actually still afford going to this direction because of what has happened to our lives? And what the Commission did with uh, their communication is that they they confirmed that it's still possible. And actually these two uh, key factors can help us improve our future, can help us... I, I will not say that can help us fight COVID because this is going to a completely different direction and then we, we have to, to look into situation of, of our health systems, although there is an interconnection between sustainability and, and uh, the well-being of uh, human beings. But uh, it, it can help us improve the, the economic sustainability in the long term. Uh, This is what the Commission has attempted to say uh, with their papers, and they are actually confirming uh, what we have lived at personal level on our everyday life. Uh, If we did not have good support of uh, internet, uh, of our networks, we wouldn't be able to work from home. And it's not only about uh, ourselves, it's also about our children, uh, education, and uh, many other aspects that perhaps are missing now uh, that were only feasible because of the progress of the, the technology has achieved. And the same goes for sustainability, meaning that as I said, sustainability is not only about green, uh, it's also about our health and the support we receive by uh, our national health systems. It's also about the, the S part of the ESG agenda as you said, so how do we address social aspects uh, both when it comes to employment from conversations and from informal discussions I've had, I've seen that a lot of people went into technical unemployment and they have a very uncertain future, personal level, um, in front of them. Uh, at the same time, there are much more bigger issues at stake, like the situation uh, uh, we are all following happening at now uh, in the US. and that's why I think it's, it's a confirmation that sustainability uh, offers us the opportunity now to look at what we need to change in our lives in all aspects.
0: A more flexible system allows for more opportunity, whether that's for people with underlying uh, medical conditions, you know, mental health. Um, people who have caring responsibilities or people um, who struggle in a normal workplace that offering um, a more flexible workplace will um, bring uh, more uh, opportunity to the table and perhaps allow more people to uh, come into the workplace and come into different workplaces that they haven't had a chance to beforehand and I very much hope that um, whatever uh, is happening at EU level will will come to naturally filter down to more livable standards for people who want to be engaged uh, in the workplace. We had a, um, a podcast uh, just as the, the lockdown started about the continuation of, of SMEs and small businesses and these are the perfect examples of uh, businesses that need to be agile or they might um, no longer exist after after this period, um, but and that brings us more to a, a economic uh, side of our conversation. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit now about how accountants can support the economy, can support the EU in its recovery, and what, what
1: accountants are doing to, yeah, to help absolutely, this. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well. We might be surprised, you know, positively surprised uh, by uh, the level of involvement the accountancy profession can have in this situation. Uh, I'm not an accountant myself, but I have to say uh, since I started working in Accountancy Europe, I keep getting surprised by uh, how many levels of services and levels of expertise uh, the profession has to to offer, especially in situations like that of uh, uh, social importance. Very recently We launched uh, a paper uh, in Accountancy Europe uh, talking about the lessons uh, we can learn from the corona crisis. I think it also uh, reflects what we have discussed uh, together today, that uh, uh, sustainability is definitely not only about uh, environmental concerns, without any intention to underestimate its importance either, of course, Uh, but it's also uh, about the S part and the G part, uh, the governance part, uh, which include uh, the improvement of uh, our national health systems but it also improves how companies are actually first of all reacting to the situation but also uh, what can they do better for the future to I cannot say to avoid such a a situation because it it goes out of our control but to be better prepared and this is where the accountancy profession has a lot to offer Uh, first of all an accountant under uh, his different multidisciplinary capacity they can help a company uh, to to broaden their approach to risk management so in the pre-covid situation A company might have considered as redundant considering uh, what will the management do in case of a pandemic. Now it seems to be uh, very, very different and these are questions that should be included in a company's approach to risk management and the profession uh, can assist in in putting in place the different systems that are considered as prerequisite in order to do that. Of course, then uh, there are a number of other actions, uh, some of them are more linked to uh, the environmental aspect, which is equally important. So a company is expected to assess, and it will also be expected to assess under a legislative uh, obligation uh, in a few years uh, with the commission revising uh, uh, the different uh, pieces of legislation that are relevant to this direction. Uh, so an accountant can help a company assess its relationship uh, with the environment how they are using natural resources what is their access to natural resources this is something that can be feasible through what we call environmental accounting And I know as well that the Commission, uh, when uh, the situation allows them to do that, uh, will come forward uh, with a specific initiative to this direction. Then, of course, the second step would be once the company has a good knowledge, a broad knowledge of its impact to the external environment, and the external environment includes as well the social aspects, it is key to know how to disclose this information in public to make it available in a transparent way, in an accessible way, to uh, a diverse aspect of stakeholders. And it's also an area where the accountancy profession can play a key role, uh, meaning helping the company communicating this information in a targeted way, make it more relevant to to the audience that has an interest in this information. Uh, Lastly, but equally important, is to ensure that this information is reliable, Uh, so as an external auditors can uh, provide uh, the necessary assurance so they can provide to a certain extent the certainty that this information is reliable and can be used in a trustworthy manner for an extended audience and for the sake of investors of course. These are the most important uh, ways, means, Uh, At least my perspective that the profession uh, has to offer to to, do this uh, very important uh, step that we need to take when we are assessing our our post-COVID recovery uh, and especially when we are linking this to, to sustainability terms.
0: It's also interesting when it comes to um, sustainability uh, is the the word resilience, um, yes. because a lot of businesses up until now, their key word was efficiency, and an efficient system is not a resilient system, and where accountants come in, it's in building resiliency into your system and building the ability to flex, to accommodate up to a global pandemic, um, that you have the ability to Rework where your resources are going, so so that your business can survive through this period. So, accountants will have a lot of work uh, cut out with uh, for them um, now that we know that global pandemics can happen, and they we may be expecting the second wave um, even just this autumn. And I wanted to also uh, say that we will be having online debate about exactly this topic. So this is the EU's recovery from the COVID period, looking at the actions that governments will be taking and that the EU will be taking post-COVID to try and um, build on the experience we've had so far and move in forward in the direction that the Commission had been taking from the beginning. So we'll have, we'll have an open uh, discussion on the economic recovery with the European Commission, with Brussels-based stakeholders from, from various trade associations, and that will be at the end of this month. So we very much encourage you to continue the debate with us. There'll be lots of time for Q&A to discuss with my, my colleague Eleni and more uh, on this subject further. So we very much hope that you you can um, join us for that. Uh, I also want to say an important um, milestone for me here is the fact that we are recording this in person. After months of recording via um, online software and having to deal with all of the technical difficulties that brings, it's been a pleasure to talk with someone face-to-face for this, uh, this podcast. So Eleni, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Because People Count, the Accountancy Europe podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting apps. Get in touch. We are at AccountancyEU on Twitter, and you can contact me at andrea at accountancyeurope.eu. This podcast is presented and edited by Andrea Campbell with help from Elida Nijar. Our music is Fearless First by Kevin MacLeod under a Creative Commons license. See you next time, because people count.